right, here we go. April the first. Is this April Fool's Day? Yeah. Goodness. April Fool's Day. Friday, April Fool's Day. And overnight dinner, which bit to highlight. Henry, what are you going to pick up on on the overnight stuff today? Thanks, Marcus. Well, I guess uh, overnight we did see the US markets fall very heavily into close. Funnily enough, our market did a bit the same yesterday on our close as quarter and month end came in. We had the worst quarter for US stocks in two years. And the Dow or the S&P is now roughly 5% from its all-time high. But last night, Dow Jones fell 550-odd points, down 1.56%. NASDAQ, a similar amount. And also the S&P 500, which is unusual, them all falling the same. But we had the VIX index poking its head up a little bit, 6.4%. The big story overnight, of course, was the oil price, which fell nearly 5%. It got whacked in Asian time. We saw that yesterday in our market as President Biden is looking to release around a million barrels a day from the Strategic Petroleum Reserves, which is the US kind of stockpile of oil for times of trouble. And times of trouble are now for Joe Biden because he's not very popular. And we've got the, um, the midterms coming up in November. So he's doing that over the next 180 days, which is about six months. Amazingly, takes us up to about electioneering time in November. So that was the big story last night with that 5% fall in oil. Commodities not doing very much last night at all. Uh, iron ore was slightly better. Gold was the only good gainer last night, up nearly 0.8%, and the Aussie dollar down a little bit. But it is still very much about lithium for our market today, and I'm sure we'll get onto that later. But it was a little bit of a dismal day for US banks as well, with Citigroup down 2.9%, and Bank of America, big fall last night, 4.1% down, and Block, the artist formerly known as Square, was down 3.2%. So we did see some sell-off in US banks and some movement again in the bonds and more talk about the inversion of the curve and all that sort of stuff, which seems to be preoccupying all the bond traders at the moment. But uh, for us, it is all about commodities and our commodities are in demand around the world at the moment. Even this morning, I saw on CNBC, which is the first time, I think I've seen it for a long time, I saw the talking head experts talking about commodities, lithium and uranium, which is very unusual because usually the Americans are very tech focused and very sort of big stock focused and not looking at lithium and uranium stocks. So interesting move there. That's it from me on the overnight anyway. Uh, thanks, Henry. Yeah. And and we're into the month. Copper price up 5% last month, nickel 35%, although that was a bit odd. Oil up 4%, Aussie dollar up 3%. So yes, commodities. So we'll, we'll come to this in a minute. Tom, what's happening today? Andy? A little bit happening today. We've got energy stocks are a bit more resilient than maybe some had expected given the fall in the oil price. Lithium miners are firmer. We have some comments from outgoing Pilbara chief, which is possibly fueling some risk on behavior. He said supply is simply too far behind demand. Domain are buying a real estate campaign company, Real Base, for $180 million. And Star Entertainment SGR has made some management appointments. And Michelle Bullock has been appointed RBA Deputy Governor. We also have some manufacturing PMI data out, which showed a rise in improvement in March. Core Logic's national home values also showed house prices were up 0.7% in the month. Sydney and Melbourne prices were down slightly, so bad for those homeowners of us. And we have the US jobs numbers tonight. 450,000 jobs are expected to be added in March, and the unemployment rate is expected to drop 
from 3.8% to 3.7%. So very tight labor market in the US market. And the ADP employment number, which is the private sector employment number, was out yesterday in the US, which is a lead into the jobs numbers. Doesn't actually often give a really good indication, but that was in line with expectations. But jobs obviously important for us to work out what the FOMC are going to do next. Leighton, anything from the brokers? Thanks, Marcus. Got a couple of downgrades and an upgrade to go through. I've got Bank of Queensland, that's B-O-U, downgraded to neutral at Macquarie and the target price comes down slightly to just about in line with the current share price. And Macquarie has said that the downgrade is due to increased competition and because lower deposit pricing has resulted in slow deposit growth. We've also got Sims, it was downgraded to neutral at UBS, lifted their target price just over 8% to in line with the current share price. And UBS says that it sees limited opportunity for growth and the opportunity Sims has outlined for diversification will take time and capital expenditure. I've got Tabcorp, Credit Suisse has commented on the demerger scheme booklet and said that it disclosed better than anticipated operational expenditure and net debt allocation. And Credit Suisse has revalued the company and upgraded its rating to outperform and lifted its target price nearly 9% and that's now 16% above the current share price. And I've just got one more there, Incitec Pivot, that's IPL. UBS has a buy rating and lifted its target price 13.9%. And the broker says that it should benefit from continuing fertilizer price rallies. And they've upgraded their EPS forecast, the earnings, earnings per share, 58% for 2022 and 44% for 2023. And their target price is 19% above the current share price. Thank you. Henry, what are, what are you writing about today? Thanks, Marcus. I'm, well, we're back on the lithium theme course. And when you look through today's winners, they are all lithium. And the big change, I guess, or the, one of the big changes in sentiment this week has been the US looking at the Cold War measures to ensure security of supply and production. Bear in mind, the US has absolutely sod all in terms of lithium production itself. It is uh, very beholden to China, produce uh, or process the lithium and very beholden to Australia and South America. So as a result, anything that is in America, which has even the sniff of lithium is going very well. I did a podcast with Bernard Rowe from Iron Ear and have added them to the small cap portfolio. They were up 20% yesterday. They've kicked on another 5% today. My lithium expert man, who I won't name, but he's on holidays in Cornwall at the moment, uh, told me to have a little look at Latin resources, which I wrote up this morning. That's up 12% this morning. And that looks as if it's going well. They're looking for lithium in Brazil in an area that's not renowned for lithium, uh, more iron ore. So that's an interesting one. But all those winners are green in the lithium space, extraordinary to see some of those rises. And as I said earlier, a CNBC now starting to talk about that because at the end of the day, we are a commodity economy. Theirs is a tech and big sort of company, global behemoths economy, whereas our economy very much skewed to the resources. And if you want to buy resources, then this is the place to be. So we have got some big gains today. And that news from Pilbara as well at that conference talking about the, the high lithium prices has really injected another leg up in that story. So so, um, that's not going away anytime soon. The other thing, just uh, some housekeeping. I've been in touch with Kathy Wood in the US from ARK Invest about coming on the couch. And my people are talking to her people and hoping to get Kathy on the couch for a podcast in the very near future. So looking forward to that. Obviously, she's a very in-demand woman in terms of uh, her profile, etc. So very keen to get her on the couch. That certainly would be a coup to say the least. She's heard of Marcus today. And as a result, uh, it looks like we 
could get things happening. Who knows? That'd be an amazing get, Henry. Yeah, good. Well done, Henry. And yes, lithium is the go again. We have in the ideas section, we have a few trading ideas. They include a couple of lithium stocks. I think we'll leave those where they are. But yesterday, you might have seen that I've written a piece about how to set stop losses. And I showed you the spreadsheet we use for our ideas section. A couple of tech stocks are hitting stop losses at the moment. And I may just be chopping those later today. I haven't written that section yet today. Otherwise, quickly on strategy, have a look at the newsletter. But there are five strategy points today. One is that if you look at the performance of our market relative to the US market in this quarter, and particularly this month, we have outstripped the US. And this is clearly because people are worrying about not just the Russian situation, but people are worrying about interest rates going up and value has beaten growth. So the technology heavy US market is underperforming the Australian market, which has been dominated by banks and resources. Resources up 9% in the last month, banks up 10%. And they are the two best performing sectors in our market for this year so far. Anyway, both in uptrend, they like obviously resources like inflation and aren't too worried about it. And in, in the short term, higher interest rates help banks widen margins. So the message for Australian investors going forward is that banks and resources are trending up. Stick with them for now. And along that, like those lines, also in the strategy piece, you'll see the calendar for the bank's results season coming up. ANZ, May the 4th results, NAB, May the 5th, Westpac, May the 9th, Macquarie, May the 5th, and Bendigo and Adelaide in, on April 14th. So those results and dividends coming up. And with the sector performing reasonably well at the moment, no reason to be selling any of those ahead of results. And some income investors might actually think of buying them ahead of results. We have the US results season coming up. Usually it starts well with big financials and big tech uh, leading the results season. We're in a, we've been in a bull market. There's no reason for financials not to have a good start to the results season. So April, with the market, US market sort of coming off the bottom, the results season should help. We have a quick technical look at the market as well, which sort of suggests hmm, maybe the downtrend is over. And then we talked about the oil trade, which Tom's mentioned. And the message is that the White House, as opposed to the uh, US energy industry, the White House releasing some strategic reserve is not going to have a long-term effect on the oil price. In fact, if anything, it'll push the oil price higher long-term if the US runs down its strategic reserve. So I think it's a short-term thing. It's not going to be the top of the oil market. The Russian situation needs to sort itself out. So the message is, and you can see the chart, the oil trade's probably not over yet. And I've put the numbers in for energy stocks. Right. That's about it. Look out for later on for the ideas section in the newsletter. I think we'll probably be chopping a couple of stocks out. Right. Question of the day today is, if you could have made it into the Olympics in a sport in your lifetime, if you focused, so what was your particular talent? What would you have done to get into the Olympics? Thomas? Well, I think if, if a few of my friends are listening to this, they'll find it quite amusing. But I played hockey when I was at school and I was in a couple of rep sides, nothing spectacular. But if I didn't have to work and commit all my time, that is probably a sport that I could have got into. The I've always sport. loved hockey. Great. Olympics. Really? You know, super fit. When they started, instead of a push-in, you sort of stopped and paused. It's just continuous the yeah. whole game. It's they're, they're, super fit. They're all, they all have beep tests, you know, almost finished the beep test, all the Australian players. Yeah. Uh, it's phenomenal. They're very fit. Yeah. Good. Leighton. I wish I could say something fun like that, like basketball or something, but I don't think I'm quite 
Tall enough. Skilled enough, yeah, gifted enough for that. I used to be pretty good at long jump and triple jump when I was at school. So maybe if I dedicated a bit more time, I might have made something of myself there. But You need yeah. to be a bit of a sprinter for long jump, don't you? Are I've you got, quick? I've got big quads. So big, hopefully big glutes. Yeah. Leighton's got big quads, girls. <laughs> uh, Chi-Chi. I'm not really more of an endurance athlete, so something short, so 100 metres, 200 metres. 100 metres sprinter. Yeah, just get it out of the way. Nice. Um, I would read you as explosive. Yeah. Chi, though. You'd need an explosive sport of some sort. That's, that's the blue ribbon event for the Olympics. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Very good. Henry? Um, unfortunately, the sport that I'm particularly good at, if you ask my wife, is not yet an Olympic sport, but it is uh, managing to throw a PG tip tea bag from distance into a teacup time and time again. I am uncanny at my ability to be able to get the tea bag in the mug from distance, from at least five to six feet. Uncanny. Three in a row is not unheard of. So unfortunately uh, for me, tea bag throwing is not yet an Olympic sport, but when it is, I am there. I am gold medal stuff. So that that is my thing. Uh, just one final note before I go. I'm, I don't know whether it's sad. People are more gullible than uh, they thought, but um, certainly in the newsletter today, my talk about getting Kathy Wood on the couch. It is April Fool's Day, guys. Oh. <laughs> uh, Henry, very disappointing. Anyway, Joe Biden is just on the couch for me at the moment. And my Olympic sport would almost certainly be throwing the javelin at school at the age of nine. They had a cricket ball throwing area and I could overthrow the whole thing and threw the ball into the woods. I was went to school and could throw a javelin sort of 55 metres when I think the world record was 75 or something. So I've always had a massive throw, probably technique rather than muscle. So I would have been a javelin throw. Yeah, I thought I saw a UK news headline from the 70s that said schoolboy throws javelin into Buckingham Palace. <laughs> no, it was schoolboy throws cricket ball into woods. <laughs> anyway, there we go. As we leave you, market down 14. I see Harvey Norman having gone ex-dividend is down again. It does seem that some stocks when they go ex-dividend just lose interest. Tesserant after the cyber spending in the budget up another 3% today. So that's going quite well. I'm watching near map hoping that that drops a little bit so we can give that a go in the longer term. Uh, it's sort of drifty a bit at the moment. Otherwise, resources up, growth down. And that's about that for today. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you.